Before we start the episode, I want to explain to you that this episode will be without music, and that is because of licensing issues. Legal? <laughs> Legal licensing issues. Songs cost money, typically, and to be able to play these songs during interviews or introductions of bands, it would cost a lot of money legally. And we like to see our artists get paid on top of it, even if it's pennies. They're or still getting paid. Parts of pennies. Parts of pennies, for sure. So, if you want to hear this episode in full with all the songs involved, legally, go to your Spotify app, and you can find This Week in Seattle Rock on the Spotify app and hear this episode in its entirety. Or, if you just want to hear our pretty voices, you can go ahead and listen to that, too. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) With all that being said, we appreciate you tuning in and listening, and hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to This Week in Seattle Rock's Five points. Hello and welcome to the first episode of This Week in Seattle Rock's Five Points. My name is Christopher Walk and I'm here again joined by Marcy Rocks. Hello. And Mr. Justin Sider. Hello. Hello, indeed. Hello, Governor. Hello. Jolly Watt, where's my parents? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he said hello. He didn't yeah. mention any holidays. No oh, holidays. This, this is a special episode. Yeah. Oh. We don't know when it's, it's going to come It's special, out. therefore it's <laughs> not a holiday, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we're not giving this an episode number yet. It's different. Uh, it is different. And it could be number one. Business. The five point episodes will be involving persons in the rock industry in the Washington state, but it's going to be an interview session. And yep. what we're doing is we're asking persons to come in and bring us five songs that were basically touchstone points in their lives and what those songs meant to them. And any of those songs can be of any genre. We're not going to pin them down to rock songs of the 90s or... Not even local music, no. Right, exactly. We want to hear the story that meant something to them back in their youth. Most definitely. Uh, Songs can be of any genre, classical, country, new age. We even have conducted an interview, not this episode, but an episode where somebody brought in a song from a video game. This oh, is yeah. True. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> Our only restriction for these interviews is that the song has to be available on Spotify, since we are a Spotify-exclusive podcast, and that's where we play our songs and give all artists the credit that they are due, even though it's less than a penny. Still, it matters. It's exposure. Yep. <laughs> like you always do. You always so expose if yourself. So everyone listens all the way through the song, we might be able to make a penny for these. <laughs> At this point, we have recorded six in the can. Yep. I'm not going to tell you who we recorded for. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We haven't even done Hell mine no, yet. no, girlfriend. We haven't even done mine yet. <laughs> no. Who wants to? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my Aww. God. I'm just kidding. Tonight is the first episode, and it was our first interview. We were very proud and happy and excited to conduct this interview. It is Martin Reed of the MTR Project. Great sound coming from the MTR Project. They, at this time, are working on a second half, which is going to include their EP that they had released. They are currently working on more songs to flesh out a complete album, which is cool. Pull up a chair and listen to five songs that were important to Martin Reed's life. Getting to know you. Yeah. Getting to know all. 
we're, we're able to, you? yeah, that's, that's about it, right? Getting to know the artist a little deeper, giving them a voice yeah. where they can be heard Scrape other than the, through their albums. The very surface of Mr. Martin Reed. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was he's great. Had, he's had a life and he tells us a little bit about it in this one. Yeah. It was really fun. Definitely a treat. Yes. Thank you for joining us, Martin. Hey, everybody, enjoy. You're from Shelton. Well, you came up here from Shelton for the interview. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, Shelton is cool, but it was, I'm, I'm not going to like claim it as my hometown. That's where you live. That's where I live right there now. There you go. Right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, since I got clean uh, from, from my old way of life or whatever, probably Olympia, I would say, is where I, where I call home. Right? Holy yeah. yeah. Sure. I just, I just like the culture. I, I think that the people there are really friendly, you know. There's there's a lot of people that that still live around there that were like friends with a lot of my heroes and that's cool. They're, they're pretty open to talking about it. So that's very cool. That's awesome. Didn't we camp in Olympia? Yes. Didn't we take was, the was RV out there Fourth of July? The first time, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. In the RV. There you go. Test that test run. Fourth of July. Oh, that's right. That's right. Every once in a while, we'll take the RV out, and it's always an adventure. He backed that RV. It's thirty three feet. He backed it up down uh, Sh- Chinook Pass. He was backing up because he wanted to pull over and look at something. I'm like, I was laying on the floor <laughs> in the back. Like I was scared. The truck I drive on a daily is 40 foot long total. So I don't know well. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Not a big deal. So you brought to me five songs that you deemed important or touch tones for your life. Right. Um, so should we surprise these guys? Let them hear the first song without introducing it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that need no introduction, so sure. Kind of, sort of not, huh? <laughs> it might be the first time you hear it on headphones. You know, that's, a, that's kind of a thing, too. Right. I mean, who knows? So, heck, why don't we just do that? It's this song. That was a fine wake-up call. How you doing? Freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Van Halen's Eruption. What did that song kind of mean to you? I mean, it means a lot to a lot of people, for sure. It's like... One of those godlike, yeah, that was inspirational a pin- songs. Moment for me, I was, uh, I mean, no, not knocking Mark Tremonti, but that was my my the guy I was looking up to at the time, uh, trying to figure out like his uh, his guitar playing uh, and and his tone when he was playing with Creed, and then uh, you know I I didn't have anybody around me that that. Uh, had better influences of music, you know, in, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, and then I, my, my mom ended up marrying someone. She's not married to him now, but I was going through his CD case, and I, I, I saw that right next to uh, Boston, you know, Van Halen 1, and I was like, oh, let's put this in. And on, and I, I was sitting there in front of, I remember the old school, you know, JBL speakers, man. <laughs> the stack the of receiver, stereo equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm picturing sitting in the yeah. chair with sunglasses on, you know, the commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to, how to play it by ear or whatever. And, you know, uh, eventually I thought I figured it out. I don't think I ever did. <laughs> especially now that I listen back, I'm like, yeah, no, probably not. But, <laughs> but Boston, uh, you know, uh, was was my next uh, was was the next big one. I think uh, I think it actually did. I did I send that to you? You guys? did. Okay, thank you goodness, because that that's literally within the same. Uh, I was I remember sitting on the carpet and it was. That one afternoon, I was just going through these old CDs. Just flip, man. flip, 
flip, flip, flip them in. Yeah. What, you just find the cool looking ones? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, well, that's what, uh, if you don't know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Oh, no, most definitely. It had the spaceship, you know. Well, yeah. The, and I really liked the VH logo. You know, that was really, I think, might have yeah. been what stuck out to me for that. Sure. It was like, you know, because I, I was young and impressionable, right? And that cover looks good. This cover looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a lot of bands back growing up, local bands in Florida that would, oops, I said it. <laughs> oh, no. You said <laughs> the F would, word. It would try to <clears throat> make their design kind of mimic sure. the Van Halen logo. Sure. Mm, uh, sure. Somehow, it's like, you don't have a V and an H. How are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that song, uh, Eruption, was part of Eddie Van Halen's stage act as far back as 1975. Wow. So about three years before, it was the B-side to Running With The Devil. Oh. Their first single off the album. So it had massive exposure initially. Mm-hmm. Just bam, you know, that yeah. album. And then you bought the single, you got both those songs. What? Back to back? A-B? Then also, it, initially, it wasn't going to be on the album. Then the producer, Ted Templeman, heard him dealing around with it in studio in practice for a show that night right as they were recording the first album is it oh okay we'll put that on <laughs> yeah that's brilliant i'm so glad they did he also uh eddie said there's a part in there that he knows that he made a mistake not that we can ever hear it we would right. never hear it or know it unless he said right there mm, right there right. And he's yeah. like he's like I've always kind of every time i hear it <laughs> that it way bugs, yeah and interesting about the intro let me play you this. What is he doing? Okay. So just the <laughs> intro, obviously, influenced by this song by Cactus, mm-hmm. a 1970 oh, wow. song called Let Me Swim. But wow. that was a cool find, I thought. Yeah, yeah I would have never made I mean, that connection. Obviously, but, I mean, when they were doing the kinks and, you know, they were doing the kinks and they were doing, you know, uh, it, it, I would have I never made that connection. No, I mean, I never heard of Cactus, for God's sake. <laughs> but that was kind of a fun little nugget I found. I thought it was kind of interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> so why don't we go on to your next song, song number two. Sure. Foreplay Long Time from Boston, from their debut, Boston, 1976. I was eight. <laughs> Don't look at me. I wasn't alive. I wasn't alive either. I'm kind of like, it just kind of hit me in between. The, it was Van Halen won a 77 release or was it that 76 was, as well? That was 78. Was it 78? Yeah, 78. Okay. So like, yeah, you know, right around the same time, those two. God, that's cool. All yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, the 70s were awesome I'll for music. You, I, cool I, pants. Yeah. Oh, cool and, platform shoes. <laughs> and, you know, just the authenticity in, in uh, Brad Delp's voice right. is just incredible. I mean, I remember sitting in my room and, and, and thinking, man, that's like superhuman, the tones and, and the, the range and everything. And people today still believe that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and well, the thing is, is, is uh, uh, I, I, I realized that he probably had, you know, his, his heroes he looked up to it at one point too and and uh you know he he you know and and it was kind of strange because I, I grew up in like the american idol era you know i was like sure. maybe 10 or 11 when that came out right and and i remember uh simon cowell 
uh, was telling America what it was to be a good singer, and he told us about Brad Delph. He's like, yeah, yeah. that guy's the best oh, singer did. in the world. Yeah, interesting of all time, actually. And so that was the guy that uh, huh. I, I decided to uh, to try to master, and uh, I, I, you know. Um, <laughs> But then, but then I remember like going and doing my first coffee shop, right? And, and I played it, and I played Amanda by Boston. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and, sure, off the third album, right? And people were like, they were, they were, they, I mean, they received it okay. But then I had a couple of the guys that were, you know, you know, more alternative rock that came up behind, you know, uh, oh. you know, you know, behind the scenes, and were like, hey, Marty, just let you know that. You know, you, you you could do a lot more with your vocals if you would just open up and not try to sound so perfect, right? And so that's, sure. I think, where the, the next, uh, you know, the next song on my list came from. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So you've picked two songs off two debut albums so far. Right. Nice. Do we see a trend going? <laughs> yeah, we brought up, while we're listening to that, Martin asked if Tom Schultz had done the, the solos on the Boston, on this song, there's three solos, but no, they were done by Barry Gaudreau. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't know that either until I found this out today. Also, so cool. Tom Schultz recorded this in his basement. Wow. wow. On a two track. Yeah, mind blowing. <laughs> On a two track. We need a basement. <laughs> <laughs> first Magic piece, happens. There. First piece of music he ever wrote. That's yeah, oh, that's and impressive. and when the when the uh, when the record label got a hold of it, this is a little piece I remember hearing about was that the the engineers said, well, I mean, we don't even need to. Uh, it's perfectly mastered. They just released it as he brought it to them. He's which such is unheard. Of. He's known. Talent. He's a known perfectionist, right? And uh, he the origins of this song go as far back as 1969. Wow. wow. So yeah, like, like seven years before. It took him so, seven years to perfect <laughs> to the point that he. That's why it. it took so long to get that third album out. Well, amongst uh, other courtroom drama that Boston had, Tom Schultz had with melodramatic, yeah, rock and all, that, stuff. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, money and money and music. Well, when we pop into uh, song number three of Martin's five points from Audio Slave's first self-titled album. Oh, their first album actually, their debut. Audio Slave from 2002, that's Like a Stone. And that one, Like a Stone, topped the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks and the Hot Modern Rock Tracks charts. <laughs> that's it went, hot. It went to number one. That's hot. Nice. On those subset charts, whatever you want to call them. So what's it, what's this one do for you, Martin? Yeah, man. Uh, I remember the first time I heard that song, uh, I think I was like 14 or 15, and I just got done doing the uh, the Noon Moon Cafe, my little... A little little cafe that was in my high school town of Moses Lake in Eastern Washington, right? Hmm. And uh, a couple of friends of mine, they were they were twins, <clears throat> came up and said, "Hey, dude, you know you sound like you're trying to be too perfect, you know, because I was doing like you know Boston, and then my own songs that I was writing at the time were, I mean, very. I, I can't explain it. Like I don't sound anything like I do now compared to then, right? It just I didn't have any of the rasp or anything you're an like adult. that." Right, yeah, yeah, and you're, you've grown up. I've grown up. I've got some some deepness there, but uh, yeah. So when I heard when when they 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 pulled me into their car, you know, and we you know smoked some weed or whatever, and, and then they they turned on like a stone, and you know, like a stone, I was pretty ripped out of my mind. I was just like, holy shit, man, this is like some of the best rock and roll I think I've ever heard. I was 
so stuck on Van Halen uh, to the point where I don't think that that left my CD player uh, for like three years, you know. So I was about 14 when I finally was willing to give anything else a chance, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it took uh, a voice like Chris Cornell's to, to, to get me out of, uh, out of just being a guitar player and saying, well, hey, maybe I could sing too. Because when I was singing like Boston and stuff, I wasn't really serious about my vocals. Just trying to get through it. Just trying it. to get through it, right. Yeah. yeah. Seeing if that was something I was into. Right. But then once uh, once I started uh, really figuring out what it was that, that made uh, people like Chris Cornell special, which was just the rawness of the emotion, just being able to give their, you know, it, it, the, the authenticity always came through, right? You know that he always believed in what he was doing, right? And for me, that that's... Uh, I, I hope I translate that in my own music now, but uh, you know that's that's definitely been a big influence on me. Was that song in particular? Well, it's interesting. You you mentioned that that maturation process you went through, and you're still going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were able to watch Chris Cornell go through that himself. Right. Yeah. And he went from screaming and yelling to being able to eventually figure out how to sing. Yeah. More so, yeah. and be able to emote other feelings other than anger and frustration (laughs) (laughs) like on this song yeah you know i mean i think as i mean not a musician not a singer that's not what i am whatsoever just an observer it's just like those are the kind of things you get to see for for people who have been around a while yeah for sure and you obviously see it within yourself starting so early what was your first gig how old were you oh man uh well, I mean, there wasn't much to do. My, in Moses Lake? Yeah, I moved over there when I was in sixth grade. Uh, I was living in Seattle. I went to Whitman Middle School before then, and, and so it was like a big transition going from the city uh, oh, Moses. Like Seattle to Moses Lake. Yeah, I, I've always called it Moses around. Hole. Yeah, nothing against the people there. Oh, but. no, that's what we called it, too. Okay. Well, you know, the locals called it that. Yeah, I had yeah. friends that lived over there. I visited semi-regularly, and it's... It's a really, really, yeah. really harsh reality if if you don't have anything going for you, like, you know, uh, especially if you're like a new family moving there and you're just trying to tap into how things work. You know, it's, it's cool. I love that place. It's all good. Not knocking you guys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love my people. But uh, yeah, it was there were just wasn't much to do there, man. And, and I lived out on 20 acres. Like we lived right next to a farmland, but my mom's ex-husband was a was a gearhead so we had like this big two-story garage oh, right cool. and so that's all i would do is sit out there and just crank up on the uh i had a, a couple pvs that were powered with black widows in them you know and, and oh, wow. <laughs> turn them up all the way and they're like wow. 500 watt powered speakers, dude. <laughs> well when you got 20 acres around you you're right. not gonna bother nobody neighbors. nobody yeah, to hear it awesome. but they said they heard it sometimes which was even cooler <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> You know, and, and uh, man, I, I so really there just was nothing to do in Moses Lake except for, you know, music. And, and just being so that I moved there at sixth grade, I had just got my guitar. I, I fell in love with it. Uh, it was a Fender Mexican-made standard uh, Stratocaster uh, Sunburst, right? And I even remember I didn't like how glossy it was, so I'd take it out and like bang it on the sidewalk and chip it up. <laughs> yeah, it's got to look relic. And my mom would be so mad because they paid for it. Whatever. Right. <laughs> 
but uh <laughs> yeah man so it was probably like 11 or 12 i, I started playing actual like paid gigs you know in moses lake because they didn't have very much to you know who they didn't even have much of a musician community there but at the time like i'm not kidding that's why i brought it up it was you know part of my story or whatever yeah. uh, i played uh <laughs> can't what is it can you take me higher is that even a song by oh, creed? by creed yeah or is it yeah higher okay. Higher. I think it's just yeah. higher. higher. Okay. I'm All thinking right. of the damn Yankees myself. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> That's what I, was like, yeah. I, I almost said Nelson. <laughs> uh, my, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. So I played that in my sixth grade talent show, right? That's when my, uh, I think that my mom's ex husband was mortified sitting in the audience, <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth. Oh, my goodness. He was just like, oh, hell. As soon as we get home, I'm going to open my CD collection and show this kid some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> some vintage stuff to kind of match your, your self-made relic guitar. Yeah, that, yeah. if you're going to beat that thing up. <laughs> it was hearing Chris Cornell's voice and emoting Gosh, yeah. the lyrics that really caught you onto this, uh, this song. And just the tones, like, you know, he, he, was, he was like always... I kind of pictured like his vocals, like the struggle of a, a, what it must be for a, a, like a, a hummingbird that gets caught up in like a hurricane, you know, and yeah. like just how he's able to just find his way and it never, you know, rips him off. Like, because you got any singer that is hearing me right now, you guys will understand where I'm coming from, that when you're getting into those, those really, really high, high, you know soaring powerful screams and you've got like three different tones coming out at you at once you know sounding like an eagle or something right <laughs> you know that's like uh i mean at any given moment you can crack and i think that's there, there's a certain beauty there that you leave the uh the listener li that you know you leave them uh, when when you when you feel when they feel like oh at any moment he's gonna F up, I know it, right? And then you don't. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah she did it. Just on the He's edge. The yes. He's the man. He did it. <laughs> on the edge of, uh, yeah. Wow, that's that's wild. Yeah. That is wild. That's very cool. I could feel his passion about that. Just it's like, <laughs> feel that. <laughs> feel oh, the yeah. radiation. He's vibrating over here. He's <laughs> <laughs> got some harmonics going on. Yeah, that was, there's, a, there's been a rumor about that song being that Chris had written it about Lane Staley's death, but he's denied those rumors. I mean, the song mm -hmm. came out so soon. If not, it was written, and I think it was recorded before the, he, Lane he had passed. died. Yeah, so. So, he's psychic. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's oh, what it is. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, another thing about that song that draws me to it definitely was the lyrics, you know, uh, uh, I feel like kind of kind of well. I mean, you know, it, it's a strange thing that that I, you know, we won't get too far into my own personal story of where I've been the past couple of years, ten or so years. But uh, it definitely was one of the songs that helped me to come out of a dark point, you know. And it's like I think that's mm -hmm. what he was doing. He was just writing it. I don't know. Like you don't pretend to get into another human being's head, but it feels <laughs> like he is trying to kind of make these little safeguards for himself right. when he was writing these things, you know, like just like reminders of. It's interesting you said that because I have a quote from uh, Chris Cornell about the song. He says, it's a song about concentrating on the afterlife you would hope for mm. rather than a normal monotheistic approach 
He said, you work really hard all your life to be a good person and a moral person and fair and generous. And then you go to hell anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's a quote I found. I thought it was kind of funny. Hmm. Anyway, so let's go back to the list. Song number four. It is another throwback influence. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to this. So a song about an emotional ups and downs. Oh, let me say that again. A song about the emotional and social up and downs of a rock musician's life on the road that's turned a page from Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Um, The original song was on an album called Back in 72 that came out in 1973. Spotify doesn't have that version, but they have the version that I like off of the live Bullet album from 1976. This isn't about what you like, Chris. It is. No, it's it's not. Me, 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 me. me. And it comes from, uh, it's based around that one part that everybody remembers. Is that a woman or a man? And that was that actually happened. That whole, the whole song is based on that event that happened to them at a truck stop while traveling the Midwest, I think. Uh, it might have been Iowa or something. A true Midwestern truck stop as they were traveling. Some of the band went into the stop with their hair tucked under their hats. And now I'm thinking of signs, signs everywhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, they got the they got the looks, and it's like it was brightly lit. There was no dark corners to go sit in, you know. So you know, you were just on stage again in yeah. the middle of this diner, middle of nowhere. So, but yeah, fun song. What's that bring up for you, Martin? Yeah, uh, I I used to walk around like I, I was homeless for quite a while in downtown, like Seattle, and. Tacoma and Everett and I would like walk around <laughs> and sing that song at the top of my lungs right and uh, uh, finally and this was like maybe six years ago that was just what I would do I would get really loaded or whatever on my drug of choice at the time and walk around singing lit right and somebody came up to me and was like hey man you sound really good like handed me five bucks and was like you should stand on the corner and just sing you know and i was like huh and you know at this time (laughs) at this time i didn't even have a a guitar man that's long pond and gone right and Mm. and uh you know the only thing i had was the clothes that i was wearing and whatever so it, it was like a light at the end of the tunnel for me because at that point I had completely given up hope as to anything ever really coming back, right? Like I gave up on my dreams and everything. I was a complete heroin addict. I was going to die that way. I was like completely okay with that. Then, you know, I realized that I could still make a living honorably without having to go and rip off Safeway or whatever and then go do do whatever the crap I was doing you know, to, to get what I was getting. So I started doing that song. Like, I would acapella it, because it was such a long song, right? Yeah, that right. one and uh, uh, House of the Rising Sun was another oh, one. Wow. I loved yeah. acapelling, you know, because you can sing it acapella. And I would sit in front of uh, Matador uh, off 9th and Pacific, or 8th and Pacific, uh, in downtown Tacoma, and I would <laughs> sing and sing that song for like a half hour i'd just <laughs> whatever because it might that's had, how long the song is yeah, man, <laughs> like it, right she's you know i'd just keep it in rotation or whatever sing but, it on a loop yeah huh. because you know not the same people were continuing to hear it right. or whatever right. but, uh, you know 
but then then uh you know i got a guitar and started busking and and that just stayed in pretty heavy rotation for what when i started uh you know now i think i got like 56 or 57 songs written then i had maybe like five or six wow <laughs> you know so wow it's mostly covers back then yeah yeah sure i mean how i think most bands got to start with covers, covers right you yeah. gotta learn how to play learn what to play <laughs> and uh, i mean the beatles first two albums were filled with covers yeah wow that's quite the story there brother especially you, with attached to the song turn the page it sounds like the time in your life yeah. when you started to turn the to, page yeah, into right. life too, yeah so. i can i could do this yeah yeah, and I and I really related to it too because uh, uh, you know uh, I feel like I conquered the hardest stage of all, which is going out onto a street where it doesn't matter how talented you are. Most people, let's face it, they're not out there to go and find the next greatest singer on the street. They're there to do their shopping or whatever right? <laughs> and judge everybody. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, judge. <laughs> that too so, uh, and and so I had to be real good too. I had to get people to you know like. Uh, either you know the opinion right some people either thought it was a great greatest thing on earth or the worst thing you know shut up because i had to be so loud that i wanted them to hear me and judge me before they saw me because i didn't look the greatest at the time right mm. so i, I know what to, that's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean you're a handsome man now oh, so i couldn't no, imagine no, no. Oh, no, no. No, no. Take that, back. that Seahawks jersey just does something for your eyes. Well, I just noticed, you know, I pulled this out and it was folded up all nice. But I know it looks like, like, did I put this away dirty? Because there's like food stains on it. Well, what's sure, that's, it's food. that's amazing. But uh, you don't want to look at my pants right now. I spilled coffee all over myself oh, in the car, no. and I had to go and I had run into the store, and it was all down the back of my pants. So I put my coat on. And I'm like, one of those moments. It's oh, no. one of those days today. I was going to ask, did you ever end up playing at Jazz Bones? Because that's like across the street from the Matador pretty I, much, right? You know what? I did actually play at Jazz Bones, and I would bark up Kevin's tree all the time, <laughs> man, and he just wouldn't get me in there because he said I couldn't get enough people through the door, and he was totally right, you know? <laughs> right. I think I can now, though, bro. So when things open up, let's do it. But uh, no, I played once. Uh, I opened for my friend Clinton Dogger Mullins. Great, great artist from Yelm, and I, uh, I know yeah. I've heard the name. Yeah, he's a, he's been around for a long time, okay. and, and uh, you know, and, and it was a lot of fun. It just was a middle of the week show, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of crazy too, because like I, I had like this big fantasy of what it was going to be like, right? And then when I went, it was <laughs> totally not. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I did play the Spanish ballroom, and that was killer. I killer actually, venue. that was the first time I saw you. Oh, you, there. S- you saw me play yeah, that. I, stood, I remember you were sitting yeah. right. You were, I was you were selling in the merch. pictures with, with Rachel, I remember. Yeah, I was selling merch yes. that, that night. How did I do? I'm curious. Fantastic. <laughs> I remember he was just blown away. He was just like, <laughs> I was. I was I, every blown time away. I looked over there, his mouth was open. He's just like, <laughs> What the heck is going on? <laughs> he was, he was I, amazed. I was blown away. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah. You gave me that. Yeah, okay. You know, this one is one of my favorites. I found this in Adna River. You just handed me a carnelian agate. Yeah, and and I remember when I found it, I was like, man, that's like a, a natural shape of a, a heart. heart. 
Yeah, and you got a lot of heart, man. And I remember, like, that, that's oh, cholesterol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all clogged arteries and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, you, that was. I don't know if you've seen on our Spotify for MTR Project. One of our pictures was from that night at the Spanish Ballroom, and you got your arms just yeah, mm-hmm. I did see that open wide, and it was when Outshine had taken taken the stage, you know, and it was like so. I, I remember snapping that picture right, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we got. I did see that. It was freaking that. That right there, I think, sums it up uh, as to absolutely why I was so thrilled to be sitting here. It's like, yeah, man, he's got the same kind of passion and love for music as I do. As for Marcy selling merch, and you know, that's awesome to me. So, <laughs> you guys were both there. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun night. And that was my first night at the Spanish Ballroom. That place is so nice. That was the one and only time I've ever been there. Yeah. It was so cool, though, because there's hidden doors and the artwork on the walls. And I found him in in one of the booths eating. I'm like, where did... I didn't even know you were here. No, I just remember the sound. The sound was spectacular. Yes. Oh, yeah. They had a pro doing the sound there, too. I can't remember his name, but he was so good. Ugh, it was just terrific in the space. Uh, just beautiful. I, I wasn't expecting a lot when I walked in. It was beautiful. But I remember the floor was sticky. Oh. My oh, shoes yeah, yeah. were sticking, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what kind of place are we going to be at tonight? <laughs> and then it was just like, wow, okay, you can let the floor be sticky. <laughs> Is that Dave? Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they just wrote me and said, it looks like you're having a blast. They were right <laughs> <Nice>. about that. <laughs> yeah, the band uh, just threw us a text. Okay, right. should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Martin's got band practice. they're eager let's crank into this uh the fifth point of martin's five points so that's a song we all know of course also that's dream on from aerosmith off their album called aerosmith from 1973 a debut album what (laughs) four four of the songs this man's picked tonight came off debut albums self-titled debut albums van halen boston audio slave and aerosmith <laughs> that's not those aren't the bands that's the name of the albums right no 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 that's the name of the band and Wait, the albums no. man. <laughs> <How about that? laughs> that's cool what made you bring this song in yeah uh, well once i got to the end of it uh the list i was putting together uh i was I, I think i got to my bathroom and i was looking in the mirror and i was like you know thinking of those lines you know every time I, you know every time i look in the mirror and you know i see you know i'm definitely getting older and you know uh Especially after uh, thinking of all the other songs that I put together, it, it kind of brought me through the whole journey, so to speak, of uh, of my musician, the the road. And, yeah. And so I was like, man, that's appropriate. Your journey. Yeah. The road, you're, which you're just in the midst of. Yeah, just starting it, really. Yeah. You know. So it's finally saying I'm going to do this thing, <laughs> <laughs> full blown. You know, and, and it, that's another thing. I was talking with uh, my bass player, and you know, he just said, "Are you ready?" And and uh, I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm time to step into my role." You know, this is what I've been training to do all my life, and uh, yeah. So, hi, Kitty. <laughs> he always interrupts almost every single podcast. You hear Wembley. <laughs> so a little on the job training as you're going, obviously too. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh yeah. 
But it looks, I know your band is a great well of knowledge to pull from mm-hmm. for sure. There's oh, yeah. Some good experience there for sure. Yeah. Which is great. The MTR project. And speaking of which, the EP is just outstanding. You cannot get enough kudos for that. Thanks, As brother. far as I'm concerned. I appreciate um, it. It's to me, I think it's the best thing that's come out this year. Thank you. Honestly. That's honestly. so cool. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're getting recognized, which is great. I've, I've listened to a couple of the interviews that mm-hmm. you had on Renegade Rock Radio. Renegade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Renegade, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Renegade Nation. Nation. Outlaw Renegade, Renegade Nation. Nation. There you go. Yeah. 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 Outlaw. Interesting. He, and well, he's, he's being hundred percent honest that's, because that's all we heard about mm-hmm. for yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> days. He's like, Dude, it's Dude. so bad ass. <laughs> I love it. I just, I can feel it. Yes. We, Most okay. definitely. No, it's cool. I, I, I look forward to hearing more. Oh, we you said got you, have, you got 53, 53 50, songs 50, in the pocket? 57 that I've got written down. Uh, Which are, you know, it's, it, yeah. you know five but, can become one or yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, several of them that are, I mean, uh, uh, to be fair, uh, you know, probably, you know, I've got an album out of the 57 that, that I'm going to release. And then the rest of them are probably, you know, just, you know, continuations or, sure. or other versions of the same thing. The things yeah. you keep and you, know, you see, mm-hmm. see where they go, a line here, a line there, <laughs> you know, remind you of this, remind you of that, that kind of thing. Some of them become Frankenstein oh, yeah. songs. Oh, yeah, you know? most definitely. <laughs> I like the beginning of this one, but yeah. the end of this one, but. Yeah, the lyrics off of that one. Led Zeppelin, I mean, "Stairway to Heaven." How many songs are in there? Oh gosh. Yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess exactly a conglomerate song, obviously. But Martin, thank you for coming in. Yeah, surely for enjoyed it, me, man. man. This is uh, been this a is treat. Cool. You're, you're our first one. Sweet. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's good to be first. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. Freaking <laughs> oh, <Rick and> Bobby. <laughs> exactly. So if y'all, all y'all get a chance, check out the MTR project. You can get that on Bandcamp. You can also find it on Spotify. We encourage you always yes. to uh, participate by uh, loaning some money to the band when you listen to them on Spotify and purchasing their albums and goods uh, to help support your local music. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's yep. why we're here. We do our best. We try to remember to do our best. You do yeah. an awesome job. Thanks. Uh, you're too Absolutely. kind, my friend. Too kind. You, you, you got to see the backstage of all this. What <laughs> hey, kind of, you guys what kind got of a mess lot of could be. awesome memorabilia. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, to the listeners, this is the real deal. You're not. I'm not sitting in, in a room of people that don't love the music that they're talking about. So. That's definitely it's the Stu Studio, which you can have. Yep. Thank Marcy and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, keep an ear out for our next uh, Five Points special, and uh, we look forward to uh, playing it for you. That was Martin Reed's Five Points. What do you guys think? I totally dig it. I mean, what it are you was, asking me or the listeners? Well, well, we'll, was, we'll, here, we'll wait for the response. It, uh, all the music was in the wheelhouse of a K-I-S-W-K-Z-O-K. Uh, stuff I kind of grew up on. It's interesting to hear him flipping through what were CDs at what? his parents' homes where some of these albums I had on vinyl. Yes. I still have one on vinyl, I know. Yes. <laughs> these are, it's definitely, a lot of it is road trip music for me as a kiddo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for my sure. My parents, you know. 
Back before I was allowed to even touch the radio. <laughs> He's still not allowed to touch radio. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, not, not when your parents in the car. You don't have a choice. Or Marcy. <laughs> he, he asked me to. Well, we want to thank you very much, Martin, for being our first five-point subject. Yes, thank we, you. You popped our cherry. Yeah. And we liked it. <laughs> thank you martin i really appreciate it how often these will come out will all depend on how fast i can edit them haha <laughs> and we'll probably use them for special editions at special times maybe when we don't have a chance to record all that good stuff that's it <laughs> thanks for listening catch us again look out for our new episode uh, of our regular this week in seattle rock yes yeah and if you want us to interview somebody reach out to us tell us who you want to hear and you can reach us through our phone number is 253-632-0254. And what does that spell? It spells 425 no. <laughs> 253-632-0254. We love you.